You are listening to Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. Welcome to Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. I'm your host, Lee Russell, and this is episode number 70. And in this episode, it's going to be another big one, another giant-sized one, and we're going to look at the cinematic filmography of David Lynch, specifically, of course, the music featured in his feature films, not necessarily his short stuff, which he has a lot of as well, and the hopes of being able to source any of the music that may or may not be in those would be pretty daunting. I'm not going to do a lot of talking on this episode. I'm just going to throw some notes in here and there and tell you what's coming up. But do you really want me to spend an extra hour on each film trying to explain what the films are about, or at least what I think they're about? Just accept that I really love his work and... It makes sense to me, at least some of it does, in certain ways. And I think that's kind of what David Lynch mostly hopes for. That people interpret his work in some way and it means something to them. And what it means to them doesn't necessarily mean the same to other people. He's uh, he's always been an artist in that sense where he might have his own ideas about what his stuff means, but... Uh, for the most part, he just puts it out there and lets people interpret it uh, the way they interpret it. And he's he seems pretty happy with that. And he has a really impressive body of work. Doesn't seem like he's going to make another feature film. You know, he's getting up there. He's in his, what, late 70s now? The last film he made was in 2006. So probably not going to do another feature film, if I was to guess. But who knows? He might surprise us. Anyway... We're going to start off, and we're going to go in chronological order here, of course. Starting off with Eraserhead from 1977. Uh, the first piece of music off of this, Digga's Stomp from Fats Waller, who was an American jazz pianist, organist, and composer and singer. Uh, his big hit that everyone knows is Ain't Misbehavin'. And moving on from there, we have In Heaven Lady in the Radiator song. This is done by Peter Ivers, David Lynch, Alan R. Spelt, and Fats Waller. Uh, interesting here where David Lynch was early on involved in the conception of his music. If he was not actively performing on it, he was kind of intensely involved in the process of creating the soundscape for his films. So the people he's working with here, Ivers, was an American musician, singer, and songwriter. He was also a television personality who hosted a television show called New Wave Theater. Uh, tragically, he was murdered, and that murder was never solved. But he was, you know, he, he had a minor recording career going on. So, yeah, tragically taken away at, like, age 36 or something like that, really early on. Alan Svelte was an American sound designer and sound editor, and uh, he won an Oscar for his work on the film The Black Stallion. Uh, he was later nominated for an Academy Award for Best Sound Mixing on Never Cry Wolf. 
and he worked with Lynch in uh, some other films. He, he went on to work uh, on Dune, uh, The Elephant Man, and Blue Velvet with Lynch as well. He also died early, like in his 50s, unfortunately. Moving on from there, we're going to look at one of Lynch's more sort of straight-ahead films. Uh, definitely less experimental and uh, out there than Eraserhead, and that would be The Elephant Man from 1980 and we have the main theme and the Belgian circus episode from the elephant man and this was done by John Morris who was an American film television and Broadway composer dance arranger conductor and trained concert pianist he's probably more well known for working with Mel Brooks uh, he worked on basically everything Mel Brooks did from the producers up to life stinks it seems and uh, also some other films on the side as well, like Yellowbeard and Clue. Uh, amazing amount of credits uh, for that gentleman. And then we're going to finish off this block of songs with Robot Fight from Dune from 1984. The entire soundtrack was done by Toto, the American rock band. Uh, this is their only soundtrack, and um, I'm kind of happy for that. Uh, Toto, if you don't recall, their big hit is Africa from the 80s, and that was kind of their, like, one-hit wonder hit, although they continued in various uh, combinations of uh, musicians to this day, I think, even, but they're, they're honestly not my favorite band at all, and this soundtrack I don't think is particularly good. I, I like the movie Dune. I think it's a pretty interesting adaptation, and Lynch had some interesting ideas, uh, although he was fighting against uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes issues. But, yeah, the soundtrack itself, mm, not particularly good. Probably the weakest film for soundtrack reasons on this list. Anyway, let's get to the music.
One last little note about the uh, Lady in the Radiator song. It's not the actress you see on screen actually singing the lyrics. It's Peter Ivers himself. And uh, if you want further proof of that, uh, listen to how similar the voice is without a little bit of uh, tinkering on the actual track for the movie. Um, Peter Ivers would later record that same song for one of his albums and I was pretty surprised when I when I learned this fact but uh, yes that's actually Peter Ivers singing on there as well. Moving on we've got Blue Velvet from 1986. This is one of my favorite of Lynch's films maybe because I'm such a smooth-brained idiot but I do prefer how straight ahead this movie is, although it's still I've got a lot of the signature weirdness and unexplained things and for a better for lack of a better term, surrealism that uh, Lynch would later employ going on. Um, but it's still a pretty straightforward neo-noir at the same time. A lot of elements that Lynch likes to throw into a lot of his stuff going forward, but here it's one of the more complete, like Yes, this is very much neo-noir with strange elements on the side, you know, uh, the kind of dreamlike weirdness and uh, alternate reality weirdness that Lynch would be known for. Anyway, this is the uh, first in a long collaboration with Angelo Badalamente. Badalamente himself, an American composer and arranger, started with Lynch, like I said, in this film. And he did a lot of work with uh, other artists as well. A performer, collaborator, producer. Uh, worked with people like Nina Simone, the Pet Shop Boys, Dusty Springfield, Paul McCartney, Marianne Faithful. Uh, but probably he's best known for collaborating with Lynch and working on his films. And so we got the main title in Frank from uh, Angelo Badalamente on this. Moving on from that, we've got Honky Tonk Part 1 from Bill Doggett, who was an American pianist and organist. Honky Tonk is probably his best-known work, although he had plenty of other stuff under his belt, but he was an early pioneer in rock and roll. And then we're going to end off with another pioneer and one of my favorite artists, Roy Orbison in Dreams, probably the signature musical moment in the film. You know it when you see it.
candy-colored clown they call the Sandman Tiptoes to my room every night Just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper Go to sleep, everything is all right I close my eyes Then I drift away Moving on, we have Wild at Heart from 1990, which was Lynch's sort of crazy road movie with Nicolas Cage and frequent muse Laura Dern. It it took me a while to get around to it, but once I watched it for the first time, I immediately fell in love with it. Um, And it's weirder than Blue Velvet, and uh, that's saying something. But uh, starting off here... We have Cool Cat Walk, Angelo Badalamente and Kenny Landrum here. Landrum was, well, still is, an American composer, arranger, producer, and keyboardist. A lot of his work features on Twin Peaks, the television series, at at the very least, I think the first season, if not the second season as well. And uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, he came back and did some music on that. Then we move on to Love Me Tender. And this is Nicolas Cage himself singing this. And, of course, Nicolas Cage kind of channeling Elvis Presley a couple times in this movie. And he's really good. 
he's really really good and then we're gonna finish off this block of songs with wicked game by chris isaac this of course is his biggest hit uh, american singer songwriter guitarist and occasional actor I, w I shouldn't say necessarily it's his biggest hit i didn't check that i'm i'm assuming it is it's definitely his well most well-known song he also has uh, other well-known songs like Baby Did a Bad, Bad Thing and Somebody's Crying. He does this very uh, Roy Orbison-esque rockabilly. He's very much in the same mode as like a Roy Orbison. Very emotional, very uh, almost operatic at times, but not quite. He doesn't quite have Roy Orbison's voice, but it's, it's more than just some honky-tonk rockabilly stuff. There, there's more of an emotional depth to his music. Um, and of course... Chris Isaac would act in Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me after this.
Next up, Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me from 1992. This is the cinematic continuation, both a prequel and a semi-sequel to the Twin Peaks television series, of course. At the time, probably one of the most, and it maybe still is, one of the most uh, divisive of Lynch's films. A lot of people who were fans of the series see this as kind of a betrayal uh, because Lynch decided to do pretty much directly the opposite of what everyone expected. He didn't tie anything up, really. Although he kind of did. Lynch kind of went in a new direction with this film. If you watch the Twin Peaks The Return series, it's much more connected to this film than it is the original Twin Peaks series. It's almost like Lynch switches the story of Twin Peaks into a more alternate reality in the new series. And this is kind of like the jumping off point in this film. I like it a lot. I don't know if necessarily it's my favorite Lynch film, but I like how weird it is. I like uh, how challenging it is. And it's honestly probably, although some would probably argue, uh, Mulholland Drive is his most feminist film. I'd say this one is actually, although there's always been a long standing streak of feminism within his filmography. Um, at any rate, let's get to the music. So Badalamente is back here and we got the theme which is fitting, considering he also did the theme for the Twin Peaks series, but we have a theme for the, for the uh, movie here as well. Then we move on to The Black Dog Runs at Night, and this is from Thought Gang, and Thought Gang is sort of a side collaboration, in a way, between Lynch and Badalamente. Uh, this is basically a bunch of music they did together in 1991, 1992, and uh, later released it in 2018 as an album. But uh, some of the stuff they did back in the day actually showed up on Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me. And then, like I said, they released an album in 2018, a very uh, avant-garde, experimental, jazzy soundscape. I mean, what else would you expect from these guys? Uh, moving on from there, The Pink Room, and this is purely David Lynch this time, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. One of his uh, compositions, 
and then another David Lynch composition, at least the lyrics, Sycamore Trees. And this is sung by Jimmy Scott, who actually appeared in the last episode of the Twin Peaks series, the original run. Um, so like I said, Lynch wrote this, but it's sung by Scott, who was an American jazz vocalist. Uh, he had a high natural contralto voice, and this voice was due to uh, him being afflicted with Kalman syndrome, which is a rare genetic disorder that uh, limited his height to 4 feet 11 inches. Uh, basically what it did is that if it's not treated, it sort of stymies puberty in individuals. Um, and I don't believe he ever got it treated. He had the chance to, but they decided against it from what I understand because he was such a great singer as a child and he wanted to keep that voice. Um, so, you know, it stunted his growth and it kept his voice very childlike in a way. But like I said, he acted in the last episode of the Twin Peaks series. He sung this song in that episode and then the song came back for this film. And he also acted in Be Kind Rewind years later, playing a Fats Waller fan. So a little bit of callback to Eraserhead.
got idea man You take me for a walk Under the sycamore tree The dark trees that blow In the dark trees that blow And I'll see you And you'll see me And I'll see you in the branches that blow In the Next up, selections from probably the most interesting, in a way, soundtrack from Lynch's uh, filmography. This is Lost Highway from 1997. It's got the most outside uh, influence in it, in the very least. Uh, it, it's a very, uh, hey, 
popular stuff in 1990s soundtrack. It's got David Bowie, Nine Inch Nails, a bunch of other stuff uh, going on. Um, I could actually... <laughs> I There was a lot of stuff in this I wanted to play, but I had to pare it back a little bit for the sake of time. And this movie's pretty cool, too. It's, it's a very uh, neo-noirish thing again. Uh, Lynch sort of digging deeper into... Uh, people escaping into dreams or like alternate realities created by their own minds seems to be one of the concurrent themes sort of running through it. We start off with I'm Deranged by David Bowie. And there's like two versions of this that appear on the soundtrack. This is the first one. Uh, we have This Magic Moment from Lou Reed covering the classic song by the Drifters. And then the end off this block of songs, we have Mr. Eddie's theme. Robert Loggia himself. Well, the character he plays, anyway. Mr. Eddie's theme, part one and part two. And this is done by Barry Adamson, who was an English pop and still is. I say it like he's dead. He's not. English pop and rock musician, composer, writer, photographer, and filmmaker. And uh, he's worked with such luminaries as Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and Iggy Pop. And the rails it's in 
this magic moment So different and so new Was like any other Until I met you And then it happened It took me by surprise I knew that you felt it too I could see it by the look in your eyes Sweeter than wine Softer than a summer's night Everything I wanna have Whenever I hold you tight This magic moment While your lips are close to mine Will last forever
Okay, moving on, we've got a couple selections from The Straight Story from 1999. And, uh, of course, the title is somewhat on the nose, is probably the most quote-unquote normal film that Lynch has ever made in the sense that it's a very heartfelt drama about an old man trying to reconnect with his uh, estranged brother who's across the country before he dies. And it's, uh, you know what, I don't want to get too much into it, because if you haven't watched it, it's a great movie. It's a feel-good movie. And it's probably the movie that Forrest Gump should have been. And I'll just leave it at that. But we have Country Theme and Elvin's Theme from The Straight Story, and we're going to get into it now.
And I believe I forgot to mention that was Angelo Badalamente returning there for the straight story. Moving on, we have maybe Lynch's best film. It's a toss-up between this and Blue Velvet, whether this is my favorite or not, but Mulholland Drive from 2001. We got Badalamente returning here as well, of course. This one kind of just takes off from where Lost Highway was going with uh, people escaping into different lives and different fantasies and uh, uh, doppelgangers and uh, all that stuff. But at the same time, there's this underlying critique of how uh, women are treated in Hollywood and just some of the other evils of the uh, Hollywood system kind of brought to light. You know, if you can in, sort of pick those things out of the film, if you're not just totally, like, dumbfounded by what the hell's going on. Uh, and I, I imagine, in a way, this probably would have been more clear if this had actually gone on to be a TV series, like it was originally intended to be. But the series kind of got scrapped, so Lynch kind of took what he had, sort of added to it, and made this movie. Angelo Badalamente's Diner in Silencio will be the first tracks we hear. Then we're going to move on to Lorando. Um, this is from Rebecca Del Rio, American singer, songwriter, and actress. Uh, she's been in things like Sin City, Man on Fire, and Twin Peaks The Return. Uh, she also did the uh, title theme for Black Tie Nights, which is a softcore sexploitation series, I should say, or just sex series. Uh, lots of fucking. But uh, Lorando is uh, the Spanish for crying. This is a cover of Roy Orbison's Crying. Then we're going to end off uh, this segment with Bring It On Home. This is done by Sonny Boy Williamson II who is Alex Miller. Uh, Sonny Boy Williamson II was his stage name in a later part of his career. American blues harmonica player, singer, and songwriter.
Yo estaba bien por un tiempo volviendo a sonreír. Luego anoche te vi, tu mano me tocó y el saludo de
Okay, and now we're going to finish off with two more selections here, and that will be the end of the show. We've got one film left, and this is Inland Empire from 2006. This is one I have not fully dived into. I've watched a little bit of it. It's definitely much more experimental than a lot of uh, Lynch's other stuff, which is saying something. Like, it's really saying something. Uh, this one's weird. It seems to be tapping into a lot of the same themes from Lost Highway and Mulholland Drive, but there's other things going on as well, and just the different filming techniques and the different uh, elements he brings into it, probably more akin to a lot of the stuff he does in his short films. It, in fact, it, in a way, it feels like a lot of his short films uh, brought together into one film, which is sort of the at least the impression I get having watched a bit of it, um, I'll eventually get through the entire thing and get a better uh, sort of read on it. But um, the music is great, and it's David Lynch himself here uh, doing uh, most of it. And um, we have two selections here, like I said, Call from the Past and Ghost of Love by David Lynch. And uh, that will finish off the show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. we got one more show before the year is over, and we get into 2024. Not quite 100% sure what I'm doing next. i got a couple things kind of stoking in the fire. Is that the saying? I'm really bad at fucking euphemisms and sayings, and I always think I know what they are, and then I fuck them up as soon as I say them. <laughs> 
It's a weird thing. But anyway, like I said, I've got a couple different ideas going, and I think they'll all be pretty worthy of ending the year off, probably with a big show, so uh, look forward to that at the end of December. But until then, guys, we'll see you then. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to Blood on the Tracks. For further episodes, go to tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.